this might be the most overlooked way to make more money. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, a member of the Entrepreneur Podcast Network, light on the theory, heavy on the tactics. It's the Entrepreneurship Podcast. You can actually apply. Now, we've got hundreds of episodes on creative business ideas, things you can start to build an extra income in your spare time. And I believe for most people, entrepreneurship is the fast track to financial independence. But when it comes to making more money, to improving your personal profitability, one idea that doesn't get a lot of airtime is simply leveling up your skills to qualify for a different slash higher paying career and one that could potentially transition into having more time and location freedom as well. That's the story with today's guest. She was a marine ecologist and park ranger, but wanted to increase her earning power and not be tied to one location for work. So like any good scientist, like any good listener of the show, she said, you know what? My skills don't have to be fixed. They don't have to be set in stone. What I've done up until now doesn't have to be what I keep doing forever. And so she made a change. From alexornecki.com, Alex Ornecki, welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nick, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to your podcast for a couple of years now, and it's kind of surreal to be representing. Yes, I love it. I love to feature cool listener success stories like yours. So stick around in this one. You'll learn the specific steps that Alex took to make this career transition and how you might be able to follow a similar path. If you resonate with Alex's story, check out the free five-day Salesforce challenge where you can learn more and see if a similar move is right for you. That's at sidehustlenation.com slash Salesforce, which is an affiliate link if you decide to buy the Talent Stacker paid training. So appreciate your support there and have been really impressed with the results that the Talent Stacker team is delivering for their students, including Alex. Now, I want to start with what this change has been able to afford you to be able to do, starting with a 24-month epic rock climbing road trip. You and your husband are like serious rock climbers, epic outdoors people. And this sounds like such a cool adventure, both in the States and abroad. We are just looking for more freedom. So we had kind of come to the financial independence community in 2019, kind of late 2019, early 2020. We had just seen a couple of different things, though, by way of Mr. Money Mustache, maybe Vicky Robbins. And then we hit the podcast circuit, so Choose a Fi, Side Hustle Nation, all the great hits. And we were really just kind of absorbing everything. And what really stood out to us about this lifestyle, this community, was that people were just choosing freedom, right? They wanted freedom and we wanted it. We wanted freedom to travel, to hike, to rock climb, all the fun things. And what really became apparent to me in this journey was that my current line of work, I just wasn't gonna be able to do it. We started with the end in mind. We knew that we wanted to travel. And our first kind of 12 months of that epic journey, we were just traveling across North America. We really love rock climbing. I wouldn't say that we're like, amazing rock climbers. I'm not Alex Honnold over here, free soloing El Capitan. I'm the other Alex. So we were just kind of traveling around North America, hitting all the great rock climbing spots throughout the US and Canada. And then we knew we wanted to go abroad for a certain amount of time. So this year, that's kind of what we did, both rock climbing, traveling, just really enjoying this freedom that these careers had afforded us. Yeah. And it starts with kind of decoupling your income from your location, which you're able to do. And just a broad overview, financial independence. I think a lot of listeners are going to be familiar with this, where the idea is, well, if I can live below my means and bank the difference between my salary and my expenses, like I can really accelerate my path to financial independence and maybe even early retirement. 
But for a lot of people, what they don't really talk about is like, okay, if you want to save 50% of your income, there's only so much you can cut expense-wise. It's you really got to have a high margin, profit margin between what you're making and what you're spending. And a lot of jobs just don't afford that, especially if you're in Southern California, the high cost of living area. So you got to go back to the drawing board and say, well, okay, what can I be doing differently on the income sides? What attracted you to Salesforce initially? I came from a background in marine ecology and also doing kind of science communication. So translating science for the public. I worked in academia a little bit and then transitioned to be a park ranger for the National Park Service. And then later worked kind of more nonprofit work doing regional climate work. Around that 2019 period, I had just kind of took a step back and we were exploring the financial independence kind of walk. And I'm like, oh man, like this is all great. But one, the jobs I currently have, I won't be able to like kind of level up in that income area. It's it's nonprofit work, right? I understand what it is. So I started looking kind of other places, other opportunities, maybe a side hustle here or there. And I knew a few things. I knew that I didn't want to go back to school. I have a master's degree. I've been in school for seven years. I loved every minute of it, but I knew I just like financially, I was like, nah, I can't do that. And like mentally, (laughs) right? I've survived it. I can't go back. So I knew I couldn't do that. I'd done a couple side hustles off and on throughout the years, but just looking for maybe like a new... What were the ones that worked? Of course, we got to pause there. Oh, <laughs> what, what side hustles? Up. I've done a lot. I do a lot of technical writing, a lot of grant writing, a lot of kind of storytelling in various formats. So grant writing is okay. like pretty lucrative if you're good at it. Okay. I've done a lot of that. So there was maybe a fork in the road, like I could double down on my grant writing side business or this technical writing side business, or... I could make another slight pivot and go in a different direction. Right. There was kind of that or like continue to do both. So I still do that. I still do great writing and all that technical writing. It wasn't enough to be kind of like a main gig. And I was just kind of looking for a new adventure, right? Something I love scaling up. I love like learning new things. So having kind of been on that podcast circuit with Choose a Fi and you guys at Side Hustle Nation, I had heard Bradley Rice and this other person, Anita Smith, They've been talking about this Salesforce thing. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) What is Salesforce? I've never been in sales, right? But Anita had basically said like, oh, like she went from her job in hospitality. She worked for Hilton. During the pandemic, there was a lot of like, obviously people getting cut back. So she was also looking for a new thing and she was able to skill up in like four months. And I was like, dang, like one, Anita seems cool. So if she could do it, like, I think I could do it too. So I just started kind of doing my research, right? I mean, it's not every day that you just like hear two people on a podcast and you're like, let me change my whole life, right? I obviously like (laughs) wanted to understand more about what it was, what Salesforce was, like, was it actually for me, right? How would you describe it to somebody who's never heard of it before, the, the software? I usually describe it as a way that like businesses can keep track of all of their like engagements, right? And so that business might be in my like line of work, nonprofit, right? Like a nonprofit might be the business or like a sales company or someone who does service or it's really like the customer relationship management program, right? So if you have a customer and you need to manage a relationship, you can use Salesforce in order to do that. Okay. It's like the behind the scenes software that sales teams use from 
Fortune 500 companies all the way down to nonprofits. And it's just like helping them track customer flow. Yeah. And like for me, that was really actually the draw because having worked in kind of government nonprofits, a lot of times they're just really strapped for resources, right? Whether those resources be money or people. And a lot of times the processes are like not so efficient. I came to the table looking at Salesforce with my previous experience being like, well, I know all the business processes for this type of work. Okay. Wow. Salesforce is such an excellent tool to be able to do the thing I'd actually wanted to be doing in like my everyday job of like making the nonprofit more efficient or the government process more efficient. So I was like, but I already have like all this knowledge that I actually bring to the table. So for me, in terms of thinking about it as a career switch, I was like, actually, like, I already bring a lot from my previous career to the table. I just need to learn the tool on how to navigate that piece. So Salesforce is like the tool, but I already brought kind of a lot in terms of my previous experience. And to take it a little bit broader, we've kind of bucketed this as a software with a service business. I'm going to piggyback on the popularity of a WordPress or a Squarespace or an Asana or QuickBooks. And I can develop some level of expertise and maybe even certification in that area and go out and find consulting clients, businesses that need help with that specific thing. Like, you know, everybody recommended I do my thing with QuickBooks, but I opened it up and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at here. I need help, right? And so it's similar here with Salesforce. And the argument that Brad made, and this is now two-ish years, two and a half years ago. So I want to get your take on whether or not this is still valid. But his argument was, look, Salesforce, hey, it's a sales company. They went out and sold the crap out of their software And that outpaced the growth in support professionals, qualified support professionals. And so companies are signing up for this, they're installing this, they're using it, but they don't really know, or there's kind of a mismatch between people they could hire to like help them on board or help train their team or help build out the processes. Like, do you find that's still the case now going into 2024? You have to decouple the like what you see on the social media versus like in Talent Stacker, like what we see is the actual reality with data-based like backing, right? So a lot of times people are like, oh, like the tech industry is crashing, like all these layoffs and that like some of that is happening. I totally agree. But we're also seeing with Town Stacker, at least people are landing jobs every single day. I think the backing behind that is, as I mentioned, like Salesforce can be customized to basically any industry, right? So whether you're an auto manufacturer or whether you're a nonprofit or X, Y, or Z, fill in the blank here, the software itself can really be customized. So I think in terms of recession-proof, if we'll throw that R word around, it really is because there's just so many different avenues that you can take it. Coming from my old sector, right, where I was working in like government academia and there might be like a single job in the state in the whole year. Now I'm seeing like there's jobs everywhere. Like there's so many. So it's just like, how do you set yourself apart from everyone else? That's kind of at Talent Stacker, like what we're trying to help people do. Yeah, it's funny to think about that. There might only be one job here. I remember I was like, I would play catcher growing up and I would look and I want to play catcher for the Mariners and be like, well, there's one, (laughs) maybe a backup. It's like, well, there's, if you count 30 teams in the major league, like there's 60 of these jobs in the world, like until they expand, like you're not going to do this. But in this case, like, okay, the market can keep expanding as adoption grows, but that's the hesitate. Like if I'm going to take the time to pause and make an investment and reskill, like, okay, I want to make sure that there's going to be some demand for this skill once I'm done with this process. But from what you're seeing and now having gone through the program yourself and having kind of come out the other side and joined the team to help other students, it's like, oh, people are still landing jobs. 
More with Alex in just a moment, including how you can learn this stuff for free, how long it took to scale up to a comfortable entry level of knowledge, and super important, how you can get experience before ever landing a client or a job right after this. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Walk me through your experience here. So you say, okay, I'm going to go through this. I can learn Salesforce on my own. There's plenty of free resources out there, but I decided to invest in the program. Like walk me through kind of that learning process in terms of weeks, months, tests you got to take. Like what does that look like for somebody coming in on the ground floor here? So I started with as many people did or have with the Salesforce five-day challenge. It's a free kind of five-day what is Salesforce, right? And how do I even get into a career like this? Because remember, I started from zero. I'd never worked in a sales, not to say that Salesforce is a sales specific role, but I'd never worked in that kind of sales service industry in that way. I was like, I just need to know what this thing actually even is. Like I had never even known like, what is a lead? How do you get a lead from a lead to like a sale? I I just didn't even know any of that for like business processes. So I went a little bit of a deep dive on the five-day challenge and I was like, okay, like seems straightforward enough. I think I can continue on. So the Salesforce five-day challenge led me to Salesforce's free training platform called Trailhead. So you can learn all of this for free, which is amazing. All of how to configure the platform, how to utilize it for different businesses. It's all there on trailhead.com. There's a like certification, like as an entry-level Salesforce professional that you have to get, the Salesforce administrator certification. And so I kind of like looked into like, what does that even entail? Like, what do I have to do there? How long is it going to take me? I kind of did my research 
first, right? I always like tell people like, make sure that this is the thing that brings you joy, right? That you, because it may be like, it could be for everyone. I think everyone is very much capable of doing it, but maybe it's not the thing that like lights your fire. But for me, I was like, oh, it's like a problem to be solved, right? I knew it was like a great tool that I could use to help a lot of people based off the knowledge I brought and the knowledge I could learn. And there's a path laid out like, okay, first do this thing, then do this thing. And like, yeah, and then get your administrator certification. Like, was that a hard test? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have it's been 20 years since I've taken any tests. So I'm like always nervous about this. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and for me, I kind of, once I did the five day challenge, I jumped straight into Talent Stacker because I was like, I know myself <laughs> and I know that I need someone to like guide me, right? Because there's a lot, like, Trailhead is a huge platform. And I was like, I don't even really know where to start. And I know if I invest in myself, like I will stick with it, right? Because I'm not going to just spend money and like not complete something. And I'm really, really glad I did. One, because it gave me the pathway, elucidated a little bit like, okay, there's all these things, but this is where you should really be focusing on in terms of how to pass that administrator exam, how to change like all of my previous experience. Like how do I put that in a way that someone would want to work with me in the Salesforce ecosystem, right? How do I like kind of show those skills? I'd never interviewed in this realm before ever yeah, in my entire yeah, career. Yeah. And so Talent Stacker kind of just, it was like very like step-by-step, step, like boom, do this, then do this, then do this. And there was also this amazing community that I could like reach out to, which is, I would say the best part of Talent Stacker, right? Is like, you're going to have questions. There are going to be questions and you're going to be like, who do I talk to? So for me, that was really quintessential. Versus Trailhead is like, this is sponsored by Salesforce, the company. This is like their learning library of documentation and resources that they put together. And it's very much like the DIY version where there's not that laid out step one through 10 path in the community to come along with it. It's like, it would appeal to different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can totally, like I tell people, like there is a DIY approach to this. Like you can do it yourself. The path is simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Right. Like it was still like one, I was still working my other job. Right. <laughs> still yeah. doing that. Like this was my side hustle almost. And then having to skill up for a test that I was like, maybe I'll be good at this. Maybe I won't. Like I'm pretty good at taking tests, but this is like completely out of my realm. I think that having the community there was really key for my success. The certification, how many months of studying before you feel confident to take this test? So for me, it took about four months of studying. I had a full-time job at the same time. I was just like kind of fitting everything in between the cracks. I told my husband, like, bear with me <laughs> during this time. Like the weekends are devoted to studying. It was like, yeah, probably four months studying anywhere between 10 and 12 hours a week. All the stuff, it was, Town Sucker had like, do this, then do this, then do this. Here are some other resources. Join a study group right? Which was pretty quintessential to me. I don't even think I had study groups in college because I'm very much like a independent, like I got to learn it myself first. But I definitely found that that was really helpful for me just to be able to talk out some of the situations, the problems. So yeah, from start to finish, it was probably four months before I could pass the admin exam. And I know not everyone passes the first time and that's like totally cool. Like it's okay. You just got to pass once, right? Okay. But that's what it was for me. Okay, so that's helpful to know. This is something that you can study for. You can ramp this up in parallel to the day job versus like, I'm going to jump off the cliff and I'm going to figure out how to build my parachute on the way down. So plug it. Again, the free five-day challenge is sidehustlenation.com slash Salesforce. 
And I want to emphasize that even if Salesforce isn't your thing, there are probably similar certification programs for just about any software out there. I know some people have like the little Google ads certified expert or something. It's like, maybe you have some experience in it. Maybe you don't, but it's just like trying to kind of play that piggyback role of, I know there's going to be people looking for help with this. So I'm going to take that one extra step to say, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I've taken this certification and can do that. So four months goes by, you're now certified. What happens next? At that point, when I got my certification, that's when we were really thinking hard about becoming digital nomads, right? Because I'm like, okay, now I'm like qualified. (laughs) I can do the thing. So we had started our first, like, I called the MVP version of our digital nomad life. So we just did a three-month stint up to Canada just to be like, is this the thing for us, right? Really trying it out first. And in that process, I was like, okay, like I have some financial backing like saved up. I don't really need to get a job. I don't need to jump into it right away, right? I can like give it a little bit of space. But because I like followed Townstacker and like all the things that Bradley had said to do, like this is how you need to engage on LinkedIn and like set up your resume. Like I was already having like people just like reaching out to me, which I have to tell you, Nick, was like a really novel concept because no one in marine ecology land is ever, you're not going to get a recruiter like recruiting you. And so I was like, oh, oh, it's working. Like people are reaching out to me. What do I do? So did you just put like Salesforce consultant, Salesforce admin, Salesforce professional, like just in your LinkedIn and all of a sudden that keyword triggers outbound interest because people are that hungry for that skill set? Yeah. I mean, I just had put like, yeah, I was like a certified Salesforce professional. And then I'd done like through the Town Stacker program, you do like an experience project, right? So you put all your skills that you learned on the certification test to use. Like you actually build a whole org for a client. So I'd been like working on that and kind of showcasing some of the pieces I had done on LinkedIn and like just engaging, like Bradley said to do. Yeah. And then how did you connect with that? What do you call it? Like the talent proof project? Or how did you connect with that initial, like a real life test? I mean, so that's part of the program, right? So they'll do like, it's like a simulated real world experience. So it's like you sign up once you get your certification and then you're given 60 requirements to build out. And then you have to work with a team of four people and you build it from start to finish with all the like ups and downs that go along with that. And then once you are done, you've like kind of built a whole org. So you can really showcase that on your LinkedIn. I did that. And then I also did my own like version of that. So I know we had talked earlier about like, oh, how do you get experience? And I think a lot of times it's like I came up with my own experience, right? Like I actually came up with a business case of like, how would I use this in my previous life for like a nonprofit org? Like, what are some of the business processes I would outline? And then I just, I built it out. And so when I was interviewing, I could just show people like, hey, like, what do you need? Right. And this is how we can build it. So really like being able to showcase value. Okay. So it wasn't necessarily something that your old job asked you to do, but it was just kind of like a hypothetical based on my experience, what I know, like, here's what it would look like Mm -hmm. if we were to implement this over here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. What was it like walking away from that career? Or did you see it that way? Or like, well, I'm going to take this three month pause. And if it sucks, I can always go back. Isn't that something that I imagine would be, it could be kind of difficult to do. Yes. I'm really glad you asked that question because it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. So just like as a context, I wanted to be a marine biologist since I was like 12 years old right? I like knew from the beginning, that's like what I wanted to do. Went to college, like straight out the gate, knew that's what I wanted to do. And then kind of got into that realm. And like, I loved it. But I just was like, there's just not a lot of 
jobs, right? There's just like not a lot of space for what I now had become important to me, like freedom, right? Freedom to move around, freedom, financial freedom, all those things. It became a question of like letting go of that identity, which was really hard. And even now I work with a lot of people who stitch careers and that's probably one of the hardest parts, right? Is like you have to kind of decouple yourself from like, this is who I am. My job is who I am, right? Yeah, it becomes a part of your identity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so hard, but it's like, okay, but what do I actually want in life, right? And for me, it was like, I want to be able to go on these grand adventures with my partner. I want to be able to be financially independent, right? It's like, what were my actual goals? And I was like, can I get there with this? Maybe, but I know I can get there with this other path, right? And for me, I actually still was able to do some of those science communication, marine ecology pieces. But now just like, it's like my main hustle became my side hustle. And now I think I do it even more than I was once doing it. So it's like, great. Like I still do a lot of consulting for the park service and other entities do a lot of different science communication outlets. So, and now it's like more on my terms, right? Like I don't have to do it because it's like, you have to do this now. It's just a lot more level of, for me, freedom, which is the most important thing. I don't underestimate like how hard it is, right? To be like, this is who I was for the first 30 years of my life. And now I'm going to be someone different. Yeah. And I think that can be really challenging to wrap your head around, especially like, well, I went to school for this. Like, this is the career path that I wanted, that I chose. But now maybe it's not going to be the vehicle to get me where I want to go and being able to say, I think you've done it really well to be like, oh, I can still have my toe in that water. Like I can still do some science and nature consulting and projects and stuff, but I don't have to have that be my main entire focus. More with Alex in just a moment, including how she landed a fully remote job in a new industry without even submitting an application right after this. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. 
Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. You also mentioned engaging on LinkedIn. What does that mean in practice? So my previous life, I didn't give LinkedIn two like credits. <laughs> I was like, what is this weird social media for professionals? Like I just didn't use it. So I kind of went through the Tom Sacker program. Bradley was like, everything's happening on LinkedIn. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, no way. This is the this spot. This is the spot, right? <laughs> He's like, this is where the Salesforce professionals are. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go. For me, I was very apprehensive about getting on LinkedIn and sharing <laughs> all these things. I was like, okay, I'll give it a fair shot, right? Like, I got to do the whole program if I want the program to work. I had waited a little bit until I got my administrative certification because that was like the proof to myself that I could do it, right? It was like my checkbox of like, okay, if you can pass this test, maybe this career might be for you. <laughs> waited till I did that. And then I started switching everything over. So I like added my experience and started engaging in a way of like, oh, this is how I would use Salesforce to answer these like certain business queries or engaging with companies that I was interested in working with, just like with their content and like sharing out. And just from like those things, like people started reaching out, like recruiters, hiring managers, being like, hey, I'd like love to step into conversation with you. And I was like, oh man, like it works. Like, whoa, okay, yeah, let's get on. And like the first conversations were rough, right? Because I had no idea what I was doing um, in terms of like, how do I sell my previous skills in a way that people would be like, oh yeah, you'd be valuable to our team. Like I'd never even talked to a recruiter in my whole life, right? It took a few to like really navigate my story and like how I put all these pieces together, right? Like, oh, I came from this previous career. And like, they were like, why are you here? <laughs> I had to like really sell that of like why I had chosen Salesforce as a path forward. Okay. Did a job come out of those conversations or did you kind of like proactively apply to you know, a posting that was being advertised? Yeah, I actually never applied for any job. I've to this day, like never applied for a job. I am a big proponent of networking and like really like getting into conversation with people, seeing like what they need, what value I can add. The consulting job that I got into, they had reached out to me, one of the like high level people and said that they had this program for junior level consultants. And I knew like there's a many different paths in the Salesforce ecosystem, which also made it really enticing for me because I'm like, oh, you can try different hats on. Like, that's amazing. But okay. I knew like with my personality I always like to have like kind of different projects going on at the same time. So I was like, consulting is probably for me. I love it. High paced environment. I had experience with it in previous work when this company reached out and they were like, we have a spot for you as a junior consultant on our team. I was like, sounds great. Like, let's do it. Like, let me get my foot in the door and just like kind of understand the ecosystem a little bit better and how I can really grow in this space. And this was a fully remote five, six months after starting the program? Yep, fully remote. And at that point, I was in Canada. And so I was like, ooh, just so you know, like, I'm not in the US right now. Like, I had a US-based address, right? I okay. my house in California. But yeah. I was like, just so you know, like, 
I'm abroad. (laughs) I don't plan on coming back to the US anytime soon. And this is like that piece of it, the remote piece is definitely company dependent, right? Like not every company will allow you to do that. So they were like, that works for us. And then yeah, within five, six months, of starting, of even not even knowing what Salesforce was. Like, I can always come back to that, right? I was mind-boggling. I landed a Salesforce role. What were they paying you, if you're comfortable sharing? That first role, it's a consulting role, right? So there's like a base, and then you make like bonuses. So annually, about 60K a year, which was less than I had been making as a park ranger, but like as an entry-level marine biologist, right? Like way more. Like if you kind of like yeah, yeah. rank those two and then just also way more room for growth, right? Like in certain like government roles, it's like very set, right? Like it's like, here's your scale. There is yeah. no like negotiation. There's no negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like in Salesforce, it's like, oh, well, I've gotten like two more certifications or I've gotten this or I'm adding this value. Like, let's come back to the negotiation table and you can like definitely increase your pay exponentially. So there was just like more options, right? More options in this space. Yeah. And Brad kind of gave the career progression. And I don't know if this is still typical, whereas like, like you said, six months to go from, I don't know what this is to a $60,000 a year position entry level. I think that's great. And then within two to three years, you kind of keep leveling up, you add more certifications, and then you're at that six figure level. And then when I talked to him, he was like, Hey, I'm doing 200 grand a year, 225 grand a year, working half time. Like this is living the dream. Once you have this years of experience under your belt, you kind of transition to this fully remote consulting thing and you pick and choose the projects and clients that sound most exciting to you. Is that the path ahead? Is that what you're seeing for yourself or students these days? Yeah. I mean, we joke that the program used to be called the six months and 60K program. And we actually had to like take all of that away because 60K was the low end of what people were starting at. Like now we have people starting 75, 80K, like entry level positions within like their first year. I think even last month we had someone at like 100K and I'm like, dang, I need to talk to them, right? And that's like just entry level. And then, yeah, now we have people who are in their second, third year, their Salesforce career, and they're making upwards of high six figures. So it definitely, I mean, obviously there's like a negotiation piece in there right? You need to like know your value. You need to know your worth. You need to be able to convey it to a hiring manager. And I think a lot of times people are just afraid to ask, right? I think that like there is like that is on the table, but they're just like, I don't have the tools to be able to navigate that piece. So, but we're definitely seeing those numbers even still today. Yeah. Super interesting. A couple of things you mentioned. First, I never applied for a job. That to me is really Interesting. It speaks to like, well, maybe there is still this supply demand imbalance where people are looking to hire professionals who know this software tool. I think that's a great sign. And the other thing I wanted to kind of draw a contrast to was just the five, six month time frame here versus, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do this graduate degree program. I'm going to you know, get another degree, much longer time horizon and way, way more expensive. So just different paths there. The next thing, I wanted to ask about like, was a day in the life? So you land this consulting gig, you're up in Canada and now you're like, okay, I guess this is what I do now. I'm in it. What's like a day in the life at this point? As a consultant, it probably depends on like what kind of consultancy you're in. But for me, I would be working with clients. So I'd have a kind of a docket of a couple of different clients and the consulting firm I was working for was a lot of like small, medium business. It's not like enterprise, like we're not talking like Amazon 
level consulting here. This is like we're helping kind of mom and pop shops making their. So it was like a consulting agency that would like farm you out to different of their clients. Yes. Okay. Yep. So kind of small, medium business. It would vary, right? You would oftentimes like meet with clients weekly and you could have anywhere between like one and however many clients, depending on the workload and what there was being asked of you. And then when you're kind of not meeting with clients, you're configuring for them or you're helping input data or all these sorts of things. It really just depends on what the client's needs were, which is what I loved about it. One, because I got to, as a consultant, like learn a lot about a lot of different types of business, right? For anything I didn't know, I just like kind of did deep dives on those business processes and what those people were caring about, what could help make their business run more efficiently. So yeah, I did a lot of that working with colleagues, still skilling up, right? Always like, that's the cool part about Salesforce is like, there's always something to learn. So you're never bored. There's never like plateaus because there's just all this like free resource knowledge that you can really get in there and learn a lot. Something that I hadn't necessarily had before is you can really just like close the laptop (laughs) at five o'clock and like do your eight hours and be like, and it's done. I'm off the clock. Yeah. And I know that's like maybe not for every single role and like some roles fluctuate on the demand of like what you have to be able to like maybe be on call for a weekend as you do like a deployment or something. But it was just kind of nice to be like, and it's done. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so that was just kind of a novel concept for me. This is what I miss about the nine to five. <laughs> it's like being able to be done in the world of entrepreneurship. The to-do list is never done. It's like, oh, shoot, you know, just never ending and personal issues struggling with that. But did you end up sticking around with that consulting company for a while? Or did other recruiters come calling now that you have some experience under your belt? Like what happens after that? I did work with them for a bit. And then I had been working actually with the Talent Stacker program, kind of doing some things here and there, like helping edit videos. I'm a side hustler to my core. So I was just like, oh, whatever you need, like I can kind of help with that. Just because I really... The program helped me so much, right? And like kind of part of that Ohana spirit is like, I really wanted to give back. So now I kind of like turned down the actual Salesforce consulting, turned up the helping other people get into the ecosystem. That has also allowed me to kind of keep some of my other side hustles going, like the grant writing and the science communication. So now it's kind of a mod podge of different things, but it's like really the best part about it is like, I have built the life that I want to be living, right? Like I have been like, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And I'm like pretty proud of that fact, right? Just because I know it's like some people can get into that nine to five and whether they need to or not, they can like grind for 40 years, right? And for mm-hmm. me, I was like, I just, there's got to be something different, right? And so yeah. I found that. And now we're in a completely different place. Four-ish years later, 2019, discovered the financial independence movement and started drinking from that fire hose. And now life looks completely different thanks to some of the changes that you've implemented. Any big surprises, mistakes along the way, missteps, just any stories that come to mind there? For me, the surprise was like, oh, I like set my mind to this thing that was completely different than what I was used to. And I did the work and it worked, right? And it didn't just work for me, like it works for so many people from so many different types of backgrounds, right? Those backgrounds are actually assets. Like I think a lot of times people get this like weird imposter syndrome, right? They're like, well, I was like a mailman before I did this, or I was like in hospitality and they forget like- Yeah, I was a truck driver. Right, and they forget like all those things make you who you are. 
who you are today, those are assets, right? Not hindrances. So I think for me, that was like the big surprise, like just like really trusting in the community. Obviously, I did my research. Like I'm not one to just like take a huge risk without like getting data. Like I'm still a scientist at heart. The data will tell me. But it's like I did the steps. And like I said, it wasn't easy. And I will never tell someone like, oh, this is so easy. Like you just sign up for Talent Stacker and poof, you have a new career. Like, no, it's right. hard. Like it's hard work. There were tears. Lots of them. You can ask my husband. I'd be sitting and be like, why am I doing this? It was because I actually paid for Town Sucker that I even like stuck with it, right? Because I was like, I paid this money. Like I have to finish it. I have to at least try. And there's something to that, right? Like the skin in the game. I remember talking with Jonathan from Choose FI, Brad's co-founder on the program. And he's like, Nick, we got to get this in front of your audience. Like, I don't really sound like a side hustle thing. And he's like, well, no, here's, here's how it works. What if you could level up your skills and just... What if your tagline, your nine to five makes your living, but your five to nine makes your life. But what if your nine to five just made you a better living? <laughs> and so we went back and forth. It was like, well, talk to me in six months. Like when you get this thing up and running. And some of the success stories that came out of those early cohorts of students, I was like, there actually is something here. And that's what really opened my eyes to it with Brad and then Anita and now yourself and, and dozens of other success stories. Cause I get tagged in some of their Facebook posts of, Students who have heard about it on the show, have gone through it, and have changed their careers, changed their lives, changed kind of their financial outlook and future. Hey, I was capped at this government job. Like, you get your cost of living raise if you're lucky, and then that is, it is what it is. Like, no, you can make some changes. Not necessarily easy, but relatively simple and straightforward, and make a change. So, alexornecki.com, where you can find her. What's next for you? What's got you excited these days? Ironically, what's got me excited these days is actually being able to stay in one spot for a little bit. <laughs> I've been on the road for two and a half years, traveling all over, like moving every two to four weeks. We're relocating the Pacific Northwest so you and I can be neighbors soon and hang yes. out. Yes. And just it's a beautiful place up there, right? Lots of mountains, lots of climbing, hiking, all the things I love. And like really just getting integrated into a community again. But also still like keeping the adventures going. So for me, that's kind of what's exciting right now. Right now I know it's like super lame, but it's the truth. <laughs> there's something to that. And like there's a comfort of coming back to your own bed and like getting into some semblance of a routine. I do better when I'm out. I like love traveling. I love the adventure. But like that's kind of where things fall off the rails, routines, habit wise. So there's something to that, staying in one place. And I've been doing a little bit more climbing. Like there's a climbing gym that we've been going to and my forearms are just like wrecked for days afterwards. So I got to uh, get in better shape on the rock climbing side. SideHustleNation.com slash Salesforce is where you can join in that free five-day challenge. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. I think I have two tips. My first one is start small. So whether it's be in a new career or a side hustle, or maybe you want to try like an alternative lifestyle, like being a digital nomad, break that big goal into smaller units and test it, right? Like test to see if it's the thing that you actually want to be doing and then get started. So I think that'd be my first tip. And then my second tip, and this is something it's always an ongoing practice for me, but really practicing growth mindset every single day. So it's like a lot of what I found holding me back originally and what I see holding lots of people back is really this fear, right? Like fear of failure, fear of change, fear of change in identity, like we talked about, fear of what other people might think 
say. So if you can really like get into this practice of shifting that fear mindset to one of growth, what can I learn from this experience? What is the data telling me? Where can I grow? I think it really will get you where you want to be just that much faster. Did you deal with any of that from former coworkers in the science community or nonprofit community? Like, oh, here goes Alex. She's just chasing the money, trying to start a new job. Like, was there any negative pushback? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always people wanting to say stuff. It's like the societal thing. People are like, oh, you're going completely against what society has told you to do. Like, you're going to go be a digital nomad or you're going to go do all these crazy things. You're going to, like, rent your house out for three years and go, like, live somewhere else. So there's always people who will give you their opinions or they do what I say. They should on you. They tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. <laughs> so you kind of just got to, like, like Jonathan from Choose Advice says, you got to, like, really know your why, right? Like, you got to hold on to it. I mean, you got to, like, really let that drive you and remember it, write it down because it will get hard. It's going to be hard. Anything worth doing can be hard. But it's like if you really just take all of those moments, those moments of fear, because <laughs> it's scary, and you just kind of be like, okay, I'm feeling scared right now, but how am I going to like switch this mindset? It can really help in the long term. Yeah, I like that call to start small, test it out. You could start with the free day, free five day challenge, figure out what is this all about? Like, is this something that even sounds remotely interesting to me? And if not, that's totally fine. There's hundreds of other episodes. <laughs> Go do something else in the in the archives on this. One thing that I'm kind of inspired by is this idea of fitting work around your life and not fitting life around your work, which I think is something that maybe Americans as a culture are super guilty of. Live to work and you have that identity really wrapped up in that job title or that role where instead, okay, maybe I could piece together income from several different sources that outpaces what I used to make, or even it may not need to in some cases, but between the grant writing, the science consulting, the Salesforce stuff, the new role with the Talent Stacker program, I think it's really inspiring just to be able to like cut your own paycheck in a lot of ways and say like, I was able to do this. So that was one note that I had. And the other one was going where the demand is. This is kind of like a common theme. We call it like the buy buttons theory, go where the cash is already flowing. Really interesting to hear that just by virtue of starting to put Salesforce consultant or certified Salesforce professional in on LinkedIn, people are reaching out. Like that's how hungry the market is. Like that was really interesting. And then finally, like this piggyback principle of pitching your cart to something that already has some built-in user base where people might be looking for help with. It would given lots of examples of people doing that. Maybe it's an SEO software that you use. Maybe it's Canva. Maybe it's QuickBooks. We gave the example trying to think Notion, another one people have done tremendously well with. Well, build out Notion templates. And if you can find something that may already have some search volume that you can kind of say, hey, I'm a blah, 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 you know, professional. And here's how to do blank in this tool. There's an opportunity there. So what to listen to next? We've got a couple other Salesforce success stories that Alex mentioned. First was Brad Rice, co-creator of the Talent Stacker program. He is on episode 441, where he described that $200,000 a year income from 18 hours a week or working part-time. It's like, dang, maybe I'm in the wrong line of work as this location-independent Salesforce consultant. Not a bad gig if you can get it. And then in 497, that was a short call with Anita Smith, who we talked about. She's got laid off during the pandemic, was working hospitality and events for Hilton. But instead of maybe after the two-week period, the woe is me, like, how could this be happening? Took the opportunity to reskill ended up doubling her old salary in just a handful of months. So super inspiring episodes, really both of those. 
But thanks to Alex for sharing her insight. Thanks to our sponsors for helping make this content free for everyone. You can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash deals for all the latest offers from our sponsors in one place. And thanks for supporting the advertisers that support the show. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.